Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 186 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Carrick, here we go. It's January, and we got some news. <laughs> we got so much going on. It is not slowed down. It's insane. We literally had Christmas off. That was it. We came back. Boom. Tons of crazy news happening. Uh, but before we get into that, if you want to support the show, you can go ahead and flick a buck. If you do so. Flick a buck. Yes, indeed. And if you do so, you can get early access to the Ham Radio podcast, Patreon exclusive videos, Discord access, and the list goes on. So if you want to support the show, keep the lights on and all that stuff, then do consider visiting patreon.com slash Plays. Mr. Matty Plays. I had a little A there by accident. Um, and you can also <laughs> check out Carrick's Patreon. Support him there. Keep his lights on, too. We both need it. Anyway. Now, with that quick introduction out of the way, let's get into the first Wowzers of the week, which is Activision. Now, I made a whole dedicated video to this, Carrick. I don't believe you did. So, I, I wait. Which one? Activision. Act- oh, de- I did. You I did. No, you I did. didn't do a specific. I did a news video, and I in one of the news parts, I covered it. Okay. So let's get your thoughts first. Activision has split up with. Destiny, I keep making that mistake. Even when I was recording the video, me too. Yeah, keep me calling, too. keep calling him Destiny. I, th- I think that's all I know him for now. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, D- uh, Bungie and, yeah. and Activision have split up. Now Destiny is only a part of Bungie. Uh, Bungie is an independent studio. They had a hundred million dollar investment over the summer in 2018. Um, they are currently one of two very big independent developers, the other one being CD Projekt Red. So Red, pretty good yeah. company to be a part of there. Um, that's kind of the general news. So now, Carrick, go ahead and lay it out for us. What do you think about this big deal? Well, I think that like when you look at a company switching like this and leaving, you have to sort of understand like where they were and we obviously knew that they were in, in there was there was sort various little problems and shit. But I think what's crazy is a lot of people do not know that for the most part, this was all brought on by their $100 million influx of money from NetEase, which is a um, MMO, Chinese Chinese. Chinese MMO. Yeah. And so a lot of people are like, oh, they got from under Activision. It's like, wait, (laughs) don't immediately celebrate because does this mean we're going to have Destiny Mobile where you you can play on the go? And when you go home, your character transfers, blah, blah, blah. so I, I overall, we also I think we're going to get a bit we're going to hopefully what we're going to see is regardless of who decided to add the microtransactions, hopefully what we're going to see is Bungie moving away and saying to get fans back and all this. We're going to remove all that kind of shit. We're going to like listen to fans. We're just going to be about our one game, um, even though they have sort of a second one in the works and that it, it becomes 
sort of more like what Bungie was. Because remember, Bungie was like an independent developer before Microsoft saw them at the Mac conference and saw Halo. Right. And it was like, damn, you know, we want that. But it is also interesting to see what they said in that little excerpt. They said, like, we thank for eight years. We thank, we thank them for the business. Remember, it was a 10-year contract, so they got out two years early, which I'm mm-hmm. sure cost them shit tons of cash. But at the end, they say, leaving Activision to work on its own IPs or something. And I was sitting back going, does Activision own any IPs technically? Mm-hmm. But they do. But it was, just, it was just a funny way they described it, which seemed... It was it was typical of a movie star divorce. Yeah. You know? We're yeah. still friends. We're still friends, Maddie. You know. <laughs> it's true sometimes. It obviously, but yeah. that seemed odd. Absolutely. I'm not one to ever defend Activision. Uh, I had a pretty positive perspective on the whole situation, but I will say that a lot of people were quick to scapegoat Activision as the cause of everything negative that's ever happened with Destiny, and I believe they played a very big part in it. But yeah. I also think People forget Bungie Not made all their the own part. mistakes. Yeah, Bungie made <laughs> yeah. A, a series of their own mistakes that came solely from Bungie, like comments from their company and decisions with the products. That's the stuff that I think people want to see cleared up. I think a lot of folks enjoy Destiny for what it is. Um, with like issues of monetization, grinding. I think DLC, like not being playable unless what was it? You own. What was it? You can't play the game unless you own the DLC, oh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, well, and then later, yeah, yeah, later, certain parts of the main game, you couldn't play unless you owned the DLC. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was weird. And so, stuff like that, I think people are just hoping to avoid. Like, they kind of go back to a normal company. You know, stuff like that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, yeah. But I, I didn't enter this like, yeah, Bungie's back, you know, it's the Halo 2, 3 days. Right. You know, it's like, let's slow our roll there, because... They, they made some funny decisions, and um, I think it's good in general because we're seeing a lot happen to Activision that's pretty well-deserved. Um, you know, they, they are a company that has I've, I've covered for years, and I, I've seen them just butcher franchise after franchise, and I've said time and time again, like, when's it going to stop? When are people going to start leaving them, standing up to them? And we've seen, over the course of the last few months, um, a lot of, like... Uh, leads at Blizzard, uh, at Activision, are actually packing their bags and leaving. So they're losing some yeah, so, pretty, pretty oh, go ahead. employees. No, I was just completing my that's, sentence. No, that's – I'm agreeing with you. That's exactly it. Like some of those guys left prior to this. So what it, what we hope is these guys, they're not the same people. Like mm-hmm. you and I have to come to the realization Bioware is not Bioware. And it's like is what's left at Bungie? Is it right. – are they even capable of making what you and I would actually want? Mm-hmm. Or – or, or now have they brought in people? Because it's eight years. If for, I forgot it's been eight years. It's Dude. a long deal, yeah. When did the X... Wait, so Destiny 1 was 360, right? And Xbox. And then later they cut the 360 version out. They didn't do DLC for it, if I remember. And so you had it cross-platform. And that's when the deal happened, right? Why because do I feel it, like, it was also PS4. I feel like the original Destiny was also on PS4 and, and Xbox One. Uh and PS3 and PS4. That sorry, yeah, what was, I was saying was, was that so the deal happened prior to the PS4 and yes, uh, yes. Xbox. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you just look at this crazy amount of time again, eight years instead of ten, all that kind of stuff. All that time they were filling positions and people were leaving that were geared towards that version of mm-hmm. Destiny. So what's you know what I mean? It's like you make a football team that's about running, and then everybody gets good at the running defense, and it takes a you know 
a bit of time for you to go, okay, we got to switch everything over. We got to yeah. prepare for this other kind of uh, of defense. So it's interesting, man. Yeah. Never expected it. I honestly didn't. It sounds weird, but it's interesting because as I did research for my video, it, it was like, wow, the writing was on the wall here, man. Like, you know, there there have been time and time again signs saying like they're they're leaving. They're for sure leaving because they even said in an interview they were talking about the hundred million dollar investment they got, and they're like, our goal is ultimately to become a independent studio. That is free true. From Microsoft, the likes of Microsoft and Activision. I'm like, they're right there. They're saying like, hey, we're we're planning on leaving as soon as we have enough. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So. You know, not only that, but we saw friction between the two. Uh, a good example, yeah. most recently, was Forsaken, where we saw Activision being like, "We're not pleased with Forsaken sales." Uh, which Jim Jim Sterling has a fantastic video. Uh, we've talked about it before, Carrick, about like below expectations, like Capcom and they're performing below expectations. Uh, like every game right. was like just had these high unrealistic expectations to f- take yeah. all the money in the world, and 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 because they will never reach that point, they always perform below expectations. Um, and and so we saw Activision taking a page out of the book, Forsaken performing below expectations, and then actually. Uh, Luke Smith over at Bungie had responded on Twitter and said, well, we're not disappointed. He's like, we, we're, we at Bungie are happy with what we made. So that right. was in November, though. So I think by that point, it was kind of like set in stone. Okay, we're, we're splitting paths. It's a matter of like when we're, I feel Writing's like. Writing's on the wall kind of thing. Yeah, he, he kind of had the freedom to be, okay, I'm, we're out, we're out. So, yeah, man, it, it seemed like one of those situations where as you dug into it, you, you kind of could tell they're their past what, what was going to happen and then later into the future because i also learned that they had submitted a trademark application for something called matter and this happened around the same time as mm. them getting the hundred million dollar investment so i, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see them kind of rebuild destiny 2 use that as a platform and we're going to see matter launch if that's what it's going to be called probably something different and that'll be like a whole new ip for them it sounds sci-fi though again which... It does sound sci-fi, dude. It sounds like Mass Effect, <laughs> right? right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, which, I guess, a Mass Effect with better shooting might be good. Because Andromeda tried that. You know, Andromeda tried to switch up the shooting. Mm-hmm. And I know mo- many people like the multiplayer in uh, Mass Effect 3. So if they, could fi- if they could figure it out. But it does feel like another. It, it certainly doesn't feel like it's going to have dragons in it. Yeah. When it's called Matter. I don't know why. I'm just, just me being me. Like yeah, but uh, see, it's funny you bring up Andromeda. For all that game's flaws, I thought it was fun to play. Like, I, I thought it was the best gameplay-wise. Um, of, of them? Yeah, of them. But the reason I hesitated is because I, I was like, wait, the AI was really bad in that game when I played it. I remember that, that being, like, a really big issue. But outside of that, the control, the powers you could use, the combination of those, it, it was it was very good. And you see a lot of that coming into Anthem. I watched some recent gameplay on that. And, and mm-hmm. some, some of those uh, javelins that you're in, they actually... I, I it took a lot of, you know, I had to swallow this one, but I, I was like, yeah, it looks cool. looks cool. Yep, same with me. Uh, yeah. I've, I've completely gone from not caring to, well, from negative caring yeah. to right in the middle, which yep. is a lot for me. But, same. dude, some of the last video they've showed, you look at it and you're all, that sort of looks like it might be fun. Like, yeah. that, that could actually be an enjoyable I, I, game. I was impressed with what I saw. I was like, wow, that's a lot of enemies yeah. on screen. These really cool abilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like fun to control. I was like, oh, man, I might fuck i might play this so yeah it, yeah. it, it could be cool to see for sure absolutely but uh, back on track with activision i wonder if 
Destiny 2. Do you think they're going to keep that as a platform, or, or do you think they're going to kind of go forward and, and do a Destiny 3 and get everyone, like, hit, hit the restart button on everything? Like, okay, this is our Destiny. No, I, I think, if anything... I think, if anything, they do have to do Destiny 3, but it'll probably... So, you know how it is where, like, if somebody's in a PR cycle, like, you see a movie star in a PR cycle where it's like, this guy's always doing shitty movies or whatever, and then suddenly he's doing The Wrestler, like Mickey Rourke or something, where it's like, Oscar award-winning, you know, possible movie. It feels to me like they've had so many hits against them that they are going to do a ton of PR relations kind of things to fix it, including lack of any microtransactions, Destiny 3 probably being very story-driven. Yeah. Like, honestly, I really do feel that they like will Halo. look at Destiny. Yep. And that's on it. And you know why? Because there's a weakness, Maddie. Microsoft has not nailed Halo yet. Mm-hmm. This is Outer Worlds versus Fallout whatever. Or Starfield, sorry. Yeah, there's, very true. There, very you, have, you have this yeah. company that's known for something not hitting it, and you have this other company that's also known for something... I almost identical to it that is or looks to be hitting it and you're like hmm Mm -hmm. and i could see bungie being like okay microsoft can't do halo we're gonna do our version of halo the way we've always wanted we'll call it destiny maybe um i absolutely think that's what will happen that's just interesting I I i think it helps fans too yeah absolutely i think it's i think it's good news for for destiny i don't see destiny Mm -hmm getting worse in the terms of monetization anti-consumer stuff now um as for the game itself that's solely up to the developers we'll see if they, they still got it going on i mean they yeah you know, people still say to this day like destiny is one of the most fun to control shooters to play it feels right good in your hands it controls well kind of good power fantasy it's tight um it's just a matter of you know what what content's there is it worthwhile or not which we've seen in the past you know the, the storytellers of halo I think that's a, not even just because it's a classic. I just I've gone back and replayed Halo within the last two years, and and it is still to this day. It's not like I'm sitting there filled with nostalgia. I'm like, wow, this is like you know the way they build the world, and there there's like always something darker beneath it all. Like the Covenant are, are kind of like jokes at first because you're just mopping them up on your ship, and then they turn out to be incredibly evil and and have more uh, nefarious objectives than than you originally imagined and then the flood steps in and the brutes step in each time it just gets fucking worse and you're like okay you know that and and they they did a fantastic job with that not that destiny 2 didn't because i I can't say that i don't have enough experience with it but what i'm more so trying to attest to is that we know bungie's capable of telling a good story maybe now the shackles are off um where they feel less pressured we'll say to pursue more monetization methods and can just focus on the game itself. Um, that that's what I'm I'm curious to see most from them. What happens when when Did, not the shackles are off, but I'm sure Activision would nudge a little right. bit. Right. But because um, from what I've read when I was when I was investigating Sekiro, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, was that from software was saying like Activision was very hands off, very hands off yeah. with the whole development of that game. And I, I don't. I don't believe that Sekiro is going to come out unscathed. I say that as someone who really likes FromSoft's games. I think Bloodborne is one of the best games to come out of the PS4, Xbox One generation. It's it's a work of art, and I enjoy the Souls games. But I truly find it hard to believe Sekiro just somehow manages to just be untouched throughout all of this in some way. I don't think there's going to be monetization, but does it get rushed? Is it buggy? Is there glitches? Is it something missing from that FromSoft product? That That's what I'm looking for, because we're already seeing a little streamlining, uh, to an extent, I want to see what it looks like, but we're already hearing 
that they dropped the stat system from the original Souls games. Now we're seeing a skill Correct. tree. Skill yeah. trees to me, I don't know about you. That's an instant off button, though. I, I just, I feel it's simple. I wouldn't things. say it's an instant off button for me, but it's it it just depends on how it works because right. there was a skill tree somewhat in Vampire. Right. I was fine with that skill tree, but then. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's I bitched about a lot to you, even though I liked the game, but there were certain things where I was like, man, I don't like the way this, like this thing unlocks and and how it unlocks and all that shit. So most of the time I would agree with you though. I know I'm I'm working, I'm working on like a big project about leveling systems because it's interesting to look at how Vampire has a similar, it's a great, great job bringing that up because it's, it's like Vampire has the same type of skill tree that you'd find in most games, but the difference between a, a Vampire and a Far Cry, we'll say, is that Vampire, you're collecting blood, and that the only way you can cash in is if you sleep, and then the world changes. So leveling up is not only risky, but certain actions that you don't want to have go into place quite yet just might. But in, a, right. in, cha- in exchange, you, you need to level up to do more of these quests and and so it's always like kind of a give and take, even though it's that same skill tree. And also it lacks some of the same incremental feeling that a lot of other leveling systems have, where it's always like plus 20%, plus 40, plus 60, plus 80, right. 100. And, and now you hit two enemies. It's like, great, you know, we're here now. Um, whereas Far Cry, we see often a, you know, the hunter tree, the stalker tree, the, the mm-hmm. prey tree, you know, like that type of stuff. Like one's an attacker, one's like stealth, one's crafting. Um, and so... I just when I when I saw that now Sekiro is gonna have a skill tree, it can be deep because their skill trees. Uh, one that a lot of people brought up when I was asking about it was actually Final Fantasy X. People were like, "That's a skill tree," and like, "Look at that," or "Look at Path of Exile." That's a skill tree, and that thing's right. a fucking forest. <laughs> um, so you know, it, it can be done well. Uh, it's just like when I see that, I get a little nervous, and especially when it's a published title from Activision. Long-winded explanation there, but uh, I'll shut up for. A I second mean, there. that that's that's the thing is like you. You never know how much, let's say they were hands-off, right? Let's say, let's say they were completely hands-off. Mm-hmm. They could be like Microsoft, where they're so hands-off that uh, State of Decay 2 releases and it's got a bunch of bugs, which it shouldn't. Um, or let's say they're only hands-on in their QA, but their QA is Activision's QA. And Activision's QA generalizes just a little bit and smooths something over and from a software game that, to be honest, we like because it's a little crunchy. Because a little crunchy can be very interesting when things are a little complex and you're like mm, what where an activision game they're like we don't want it to be you know we don't want you to be feel dumb so we're going to make sure everything feels right so let's say the only way they were helping from software was like qa and polish that could still affect the game in a negative way mm-hmm. even if activision is not there stating you do it this way if they are just helping in the pipeline because like if you like a certain type of game and they listen to you and you were doing Q or you were doing test for one game and then I was doing test for that game, but I like something different art is depending on who you trust that can, that can adjust for sure. Cause you're getting that feedback and somebody's like, Maddie doesn't like this specific thing and you're not changing the entire game. But I, I would doubt that from, I would doubt that when that game comes out, we don't have a ton of videos called like, what would you call it? Not the dumbing down of FromSoft. I'm just saying... FromSoft is dead. (laughs) Well, goddamn. See, I don't even want to say that because I don't think it'll be anywhere near that big. But you know what I mean. Those exact videos will happen where it'll be like, something feels off. You know, or like, FromSoftware, whatever, Sekiro, whatever. And then it'll be like, is 
is the game different or is the mm. core gameplay mm. different to you? You know, those kind of questioning fucking titles where you're like, nah, mm. <laughs> it infuriates me. Sorry. <laughs> no, I feel you. I, I wouldn't be too surprised because it's, it's Activision. So they're tied to it. There's increased uh, uh, skeptic behavior because of that. And now the next title coming from them, probably releasing, what is that coming out in a couple months? I, I, I don't know if they have a release date for it. Which yet. one? Sekiro. I, oh my my list isn't here um let me google it sekiro is this yeah sekiro is so. march isn't it i i thought so i just wasn't 100 100 sure i think it's sekiro shadows die twice release date uh we are looking at march 2019 it says march 2019 yep 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 so that's that increases my concern a little bit because not not that the game is in poor shape. The game's looked the, excellent. The timeline does. Yeah, the timeline the, because you actually brought up a great point of like re, like knee jerk reaction videos, kind of like here's the big Activision collapse. Here's the controversy. Here's their next big launch with Activision on the cover. Right. It's just all right. two months apart, tops. You know, it's all very yeah. close by, and and that can just kind of like feed into the next discussion before we know it. So I wouldn't be surprised if what you're predicting actually ends up happening, but it's also very well possible that there's like some legitimacy to those claims. Um, I or rather, I shouldn't say legitimacy, but rather it would, I wouldn't be surprised if after all that's happened with Activision, that that's what ends up happening legitimately. Yeah. yeah well, we'll see. I hope not though. Yeah. I hope not either. Cause the game looks cool. You know, some of the stealth takedowns in, in Sekiro look superb. <laughs> Really make you feel badass. Anyway, did you get a chance to play that at um, E3? Was that already announced at the E3 you went to, or was that not? It was there because I have a picture of me next to the statue where I look like a complete goofball. I look so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I look so fucking dumb. It's so funny. So, um, yeah, that 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 definitely had to have been announced. Then I never got a chance to play it though. Gotcha. Never got a chance to play it. All right, now we've got on the list EA. EA not valuing a certain policy they had in place. So yeah, yeah, you told me about this one. Do you wanna do you wanna take this one away or? Yeah, what did they call it again? Um, a good I, I, game it, policy or a great game policy? Um, I, uh, yeah, hang on. So EA not. Um... I got it right here. Actually, hold on. Uh, refuses to honor great game guarantee policy. For Star Wars yeah, and it's... I fucking had this open and I closed it. Give me one second. This is... Yeah, Jesus here, I, I, actually, I have it all right here. I oh, forgot, do you have it? Okay, yeah, sorry, man. On my phone. Sorry. No you're, no, you're good, dude. Um, this information comes from techspot.com. The writer is Cal Jeffrey. Uh, be sure to give them a click. Over the weekend, EA has once again earned the ire of gamers by not honoring its advertised great game guarantee at the Origin Store. According to its own webpage, any EA games and some third party purchased on Origin are eligible... Uh, for a refund as long as they meet a few simple conditions. If you don't love it, just return it. You may return EA games, full downloads, and participating third-party titles purchased on Origin for a full refund. Refund requests can be made within 24 hours after you launch the game, within 14 days from your date of purchase, or within 14 days from the game's release date if you pre-ordered whichever comes first. It seemed to be a reasonably straightforward policy, However, for one Reddit user, it is now an ongoing three-day ordeal. Reddit user PapaMJ, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, or 
Papa it MJ. is. I yeah. I think it is Papa MJ. It yeah, we're gonna me. we're gonna go with Papa MJ. Purchase Star Wars Battlefront from the Origin Store on January second. After installing and launching the game, he was disappointed to find there was nobody on the server, essentially rendering the game, the multiplayer game, sorry, unplayable. So I just want to preface: this is the first Battlefront, which yes, even before the launch of two, I got it for five dollars or on a PSN. And my friend and I just tried to fire it up, and, and the servers were completely dead at that point. So by now, yes, with two well out, probably a completely dead game. Pop MJ opened a refund request ticket well within the 24-hour time limit, but was told the purchase could not be refunded. The first customer rep he spoke with told him that it had to be more than 24 hours since the game launched. When he pointed out that the ticket was created before the time limit was up, the rep told him that the policy meant 24 hours from purchase. Even after quoting what the policy explicitly states on the website, the Redditor was still stonewalled. Within 24 hours after you launched the first, uh, within 24 hours after you first launched the game, Papa MJ said to the customer service chat, "This is black on white on your website. I can understand. However, we are not able to refund the game." The EA representative replied. The user had several other similar conversations with at least five different reps. None were able to grant his refund. They also contradicted each other. Um, about whether they could reference the time at which the game was first started. Some said they could, others said it was impossible to know when he launched it. When he was asked to be put in touch, when he asked to be put in touch with a supervisor, he was at first denied and had his ticket forcefully closed. When he finally was connected to a supervisor, it appeared it was to be the same rep just signed into a supervisor chat account. I finally got a hold of a supervisor, whom I suspect not to be only an ordinary employee, but also the same person I talked to, whom I had to hand the conversation to a supervisor over in the first place, or who I asked to hand the conversation to a supervisor over in the first place. He is now into day three of his battle with his refund. He reported, um, he was reportedly contacted by someone to EA who will take personal ownership on the case, whatever that means. The game only cost him about 15 euros, which he doesn't care about. At this point, it um, it has been boiled down to a matter of principle for the angry Redditor. Yes, I want my money back, but I feel like that's no longer the point why I'm doing this. He said, EA has been mistreating and neglecting the most important product, their players. If I let this slide and give up, they will do it again and again because they can get away with it. So far, his post has received 8,700 upvotes and hundreds of supportive comments. Bam. Is, the, the thing, wow. ca- you can't fuck up with um, customer service now either. Cannot. Like it's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. It's like look at Epic. Epic immediately switched. They've only had their store live for just like a little bit of time, and they immediately switched it to um, the same as Steam's because it, it, the the customer service and the way they do their refunds. Such a big deal now. Mm. It's like what I mean, gamers like. You can't fuck around. If you put, if you have a promise out there, you just you might as well, <laughs> like, you might as well just do it because you're gonna lose your forty or fifty bucks. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, much worse if you don't. Yeah, man. I mean, nowadays with the way the internet's grown, there's just so many people looking for your gotcha moment. But also, like in this case, I don't think this guy wanted to just full on blow up EA spot. Like everyone knows they suck. It, but like when when you're trying to just get a refund and and it just becomes this like increasingly awful issue um especially for such an old game battlefront one like they're trying to retain a 15 euro purchase on battlefront one that's that's what kind of blows my mind it's not even like a current full price game that they're really trying to hold on to yeah like it would make more sense right like to some extent at least at least then i could be like okay full price game 
it's new products, like they, they want it in consumers' hands, they need to have more plans for it, but it's like, no, this game is dead, gone, to the wind, right. doesn't matter anymore, why are we, you know, it, it's it's more trouble than it's worth, just give the guy his money back, uh, and that's it, I, uh, especially when their policy states they'll do that, you know, that's it, it was within 24 hours. Yeah, it's such a disaster with customer service too, because it's already hard enough to get it right, even if you do everything you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like, because the person's still mad about the game. Yeah. Right? Like, if you gave them their money back, they'd still be like, I had to get my money. You'd still have a story. But instead, like, this kind of thing rolls around. It just becomes even more of a, a line of bullshit. I, when, when I originally saw that, I actually thought it was for this last battlefield. So I didn't realize it was for the one prior, which then you have to look. I mean, then you do have to put some onus on, like, the consumer, right? At some point, you do have to say, listen, like, can you refund your 1970 Dodge Dart? Like, mm-hmm. if you don't uh, like it? Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. In 2012? So there's some onus on the... On I the, agree, uh, and there, there always should well. be. I, there always should be. I think in this situation, though, where he tried, was denied, tried, was denied, I, I wonder if maybe it's something how... Where this policy, how old is it? You know, does it apply to the games prior to the creation of said policy? Oh, absolutely where, true. Where EA could have been, hey, this is our new policy, applies to games from here on out. So then the staff gets the message of anything prior to that game, uh, prior to that date, sorry, can't refund that. That's true. Yeah. I mean, and they all handle it different. Like mm. every company... Well, you and I, I think, have talked about this. We may not have, but I... um was trying to refund no man's sky and back when it was refundable sony was doing refunds and Microsoft. sorry sony was refusing all refunds which is sort of typical sony to be just to be honest they're not great microsoft has usually been really good and microsoft was doing them and then sony sort of got wind microsoft was doing them through twitter and all this and sony was like all right we better start doing them and sony started giving them out occasionally it all feeds on each other. It's so crazy. It's mm-hmm. just like, it just requires just a little bit before like somebody, uh, 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 you know, somebody ends up, especially with the, especially with trying to please the customer where you do, I don't know, like for me, 40 bucks, if I was the manager there at a client support center, I'd probably just be like, fuck it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, you can have it. Because dude, people can cause such an issue now. And yeah. you're, you, you know you're not getting anything out of that person for the game now anyway. Mm-hmm. So just refund it. Get some positive. Uh, what do you, and how do you know if you do refund it that that guy or girl won't buy another game from your company? Like, that's completely possible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the way I look at it is they have so many monetization methods within their games. Like, they return. Okay, give him his 15 euros back. I guarantee within the next hour, someone is spending 15 euros on some ultimate team pack. And you were making that right. money back, hand over fist, right. before a game sale is yeah. even done. Like, I guarantee it will happen. Yeah, so totally true. That's that's why I just wonder, like, that. that's part of the reason why these, these microtransactions end up in games, because developers go, well, the sales only get to a certain point. And it's like, or, I'm sorry, the publishers usually go, well, the sales only gets to a certain point to continue supporting the product and, and keep us afloat. We need these methods in the games. It's like, okay, so now you're getting your tons and tons of boats of cash you're mm-hmm, still going right. to hold back on certain aspects. That That's what frustrates me. Uh, I, like I said, I totally agree on your aspect. There is some some part of the fault has to fall on the consumer. Um, they have to be aware of the product they're buying, um, especially when you know it's multiplayer only. 
It's Star Wars Battlefront One. The second one has been out in the wind for over a year now. Yeah, it's 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 like you got to know that. But on the other hand, I think EA should just that, that's a simple return that should be done because I'm sure yeah, he, just just do it and move on. Yeah, because like you know, think think if you're in this guy's uh, position and he he goes to return this game, chances are he's probably thinking it's Battlefront One. This is an easy return. It's gonna it's you know if I don't like it, I'll just return it because it's it's such an old game. They'll probably just fire it back. So do you think EA predicts that logic and goes? Okay, well, we're not going to really do any givebacks on that type of stuff. I have no clue how they do this kind of thing because, um, to be honest, most of the time, switching, you, you heard the thing about the customer support person switching possibly being a different, being the same one moving to a, a, a supervisor's account. So normally, that's wild. What, what, <laughs> yeah, because as somebody, this was my job, was setting up call centers around the world, and they were help centers, and setting them up, what you what you have now usually is a center where the manager doesn't have much, if any, power over the normal employee anymore. It used wow. to be where you would come to me. The problem is, is that creates a pyramid. And if I'm sick, then everybody's fucked. Like if I don't come to work. So what you do is you give that power to everybody. You train them correctly. And they're able to make those choices. It almost seems to me if this person switched and made the change, it's almost it felt a little bit like a caller calls. They piss you off. You say, nope. You hang up. They call again. You you know you pissed them off, so like you sort of pretend something changed, and you go in and you're like, okay, they can have that refund. Yeah. Oh yeah, my manager said, my manager said, blah blah blah. I want to know how he knew or how it even got out that it might have been the same employee on a manager's account. It had to have been like, I'm gonna guess style of writing. Oh Attitude. yeah, Attitude. you mean like style of communication? Yeah, that's of, true. Cause it, no, you're right. It's like that unwritten rule. Like you can tell who it is behind yep. a phone. Based on yep. how they write. Like, when yeah. my girlfriend texts me, like, I'll know it's her writing versus, like, my best friend. It's just right. something about that. Um, but then again, I feel like if you're if you're working at, like, a customer service thing, that's that's totally different. Because usually it's just it's very grammatically friendly. It's, it's, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very professional. Um, a lot of sirs at the starting of everything. A lot yeah. of blah, blah, blahs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, we'll see if that refund ever happens. Um my guess is it eventually will just because it's 8,700 thumbs up on Reddit. And I'll hear a huge bunch of blowback worth 15 euros. Probably not, but it's EA. So how about you? Do you do, does it, for me, it takes a lot for me to do a refund. And what I mean by that is mm. I, I usually hold off for a bit. I, and I think, yeah. and I think, did I know enough? And is it, if it's a technical issue, I'm yes, refund for sure. But if it's mm. like, maybe a couple bugs plus i just don't like the game a lot of times i'll just be like well you know what i fucking bought it like yeah yeah i I, I don't know for me i have never been a big return person because i well for gaming i should say because i i research the shit out of a game before i buy it with my money so if i Mm -hmm. don't like the product whose fault is that i mean like i knew what i was getting going into it almost entirely um yeah you know like if it's buggy if it's broken if it's a shitty game like even then i kind of know okay if it's a really bad game like if it's ride to hell retribution i know it's bad i bought it for a series do i get mad and try to return it it's like no i right i bought the product knowing knowing what it was um as for certain things like if i were to buy a new shoe rack for my closet to kind of like organize my shoes and it was missing a pipe Instant return. You know, I'm not hesitant about that type of stuff when it comes to mm-hmm. assembly 
uh, you know, building things, uh, that type of like, like I buy a new dresser. If there's like a huge scratch in the back of it. Yeah. I'm going to probably, I'm going to probably look into maybe returning that, but like to me, sometimes, sometimes I wonder, is it worth the effort? Cause I'm not much, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to creating my videos and, and getting my discussions right. And, and that type of stuff. But when it comes to like organization, like you can see literally over on my desk, like I'm clearly not a perfectionist <laughs> in some manner. Uh, so I, I'm not saying that people do return are perfectionists, but you know, like something like that is not enough for me to, to go out of my way to make a return. I will say I did have to work with EA's customer service one time. Um, I, I remember my, my debit card had gotten, uh, was stolen, um, through their store and, mm-hmm. uh, someone charged like $800 worth of, uh, I think it was plants versus zombies, microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, that's not Maddie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. Like I thought someone would stop this at some point, but I told the EA, I was like, Hey, this, this isn't on me. I, I, I didn't buy this and, and, and they were quick to, to refund. And that's awesome. Yeah. So you know they were and it was it was like a non hassle thing either it was it was literally like i think a half an hour of just getting the situation mm-hmm. organized telling them what happened showing them like proof that i there was no receipts no purchase on my account and they were that like, would oh. be like if you looked and they're all this person bought uh, far cry primal t-shirts mm-hmm. sweatshirts be like well it's, it's not maddie carrick yeah. stole maddie's fucking uh <laughs> stole his credit card and used it. Yeah. I mean, I think what they did uh, at that point was they just, I, I told them, like, you can just ban my debit card so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Like, I was, yeah, in my head, I'm like, one. I'm not fucking buying from your store anyway. So I was like, yeah, just ban my debit card so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I, that's the only time I've really had an encounter with them. Are you are you a return person? Do you usually go through the hassle? No, like I said, most of the time I know I'll definitely use Amazon returns. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um but usually I know what I'm getting if it's tech for like this kind of shit we do. We never know what's going to work and what's not going to work. Yeah. So I, I will return that stuff more likely than not. But like clothes and stuff, I always know what size I am. Like I'll, like I'll make sure. I'll be all, dude, I don't want to have to ship. Because the idea of shipping like clothes back grosses me out because yeah. it's like someone, someone else wore this. In, <laughs> and that someone else is me. But I don't want to send you my grease my yeah. man grease like here's a shirt <laughs> i wore and decided i didn't like so i'll i'll sit there the worst for days. shoes people who return oh shoes. dude <laughs> so i just won't return it on spe- I, like i'll just usually keep it we also donate mm-hmm. a lot so like if something comes up and yeah. i'm like oh you know what i don't like this anymore or i fluctuate and i'm like oh this is too big or this is too small then i'll i'll donate it I, I won't return it i think tech is the only thing i return and games very rare yeah. Except yeah. I don't know if I told you the embarrassing story. Mm. I don't think I did. Sims 4. I love embarrassing stories. Let's go. Dude, so speaking of digital storefronts, I go into EA, and I'm a Sims fan. And I'm like, I go to Origin. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to buy some expansions to Sim. Grim will like this story because he's a Sims 4 fan. <laughs> the, problem with, the problem with Origin is it'll list the same DLC in various packages. Mm-hmm. It was late, I admit, and I start buying these packages. And it doesn't dawn on me till I've bought all the packages that all the packages are repeat of the other packages with just slight alterations. Oh, God. So, dude, so I didn't know. So I buy it, right? And I don't look at the price because my head, in my head, the price, and it doesn't warn you. This pisses me off. It doesn't say, like, Steam. Steam will be like, whoa, bitch, you already bought this. Like, you already mm-hmm. own this game. Mm-hmm. Not, not Premiere. Premiere will be like, thanks. So I hit send, <laughs> right? Dude, I hit send. The next day, I go, oh, I'm going to check my, I think it was my PayPal at the time. I'm like, I'm going to check my PayPal account. 
and I log in, and I'm all. There's like a $455 purchase from your stomach from just Origin. hits the floor. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay, and so then fine. I'm like, oh, God, I got to turn my credit cards off. I got to blah, blah, blah. So I log into Origins thinking somebody stole my account. And then I look at it and I see Sims. And it's like Sims 4, <laughs> Sims 4, Sims 4 Ultimate Edition. And then I went and bought all the expansions that were in the Ultimate Edition because the Ultimate Edition only said what the top expansion was. You had to oh, extend it God. to see the others. That was embarrassing. And I told my wife, and she's just like, you idiot. <laughs> no. That's funny. Whatever. Cause, cause we all they, do stupid shit. I, when we had takedown on, we talked a lot about Dragon Ball Super. And like when I order yeah. cards online, a single will come in the mail, and that usually takes about a week, week and a half. And by that, mm-hmm. I, I always wondered, let's say like someone sends me a card, and it's kind of like you know, if the ends are folded... Uh, or like right. the card's a little creased, it's a little bent. I'm not a perfectionist with my cards, by the way. So like, if my corners are a little bent, I don't freak out. But like, if I paid for that, and it's coming in like that, I always wondered what will happen to me internally. Like, will I feel the need to return it, or is it, did I just wait so long for this that I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I'll just I'll take it. I don't give a fuck, you know. Like, that's the type of stuff I I, I always I always wonder about myself. Like, what I always buy when the new situation too. Pops up? I do too. I try to at least. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, because of the same thing. I don't want. Uh, the only t- uh, sometimes I'll buy Amazon has a refurbished where their warranty is actually they always guarantee it'll be better than the original. Mm-hmm. So they'll take the item, check it, and it'll say slight scratches. If it's technical stuff, it depends. I might get it, but like if it was Dragon Ball card or something with art on it, mm-hmm. I don't think I would. I don't think I would buy it used. I, well, it would take a lot if it, if it was unavailable or if it was outrageously expensive. It's interesting would, that you, you brought up refurbished products because I remember Spawnway. We've had him on the show before. He does a, a like a video series now yeah. called like I ordered a 360 or I ordered a, a GameCube or whatever from from GameStop in 2019, and this is what I got. And he because he's like very tech oriented, so he'll like open the fucking thing up and just like identify part by part what has changed and like what's in there. It's crazy. It's so cool. And- and the human dust that's inside of it that you <laughs> yeah. use. Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all we got for EA and their return policies. Hopefully, Papa MJ gets his cash back. And now, we move on to another digital platform. This time, it's not Origin. It is Steam. So, news broke this week that Ubisoft was ditching Steam in exchange for Epic's Game Store. Epic's Game Store. Now, I made a video on this. I thought it was pretty crazy. I think as a business for Ubisoft, it makes sense. You make 18% more, which I always say this as a business, anything to increase that bottom line. That's always what you're doing. If, if you're one of these companies, they're doing anything. It's about what comes as a sacrifice with that when they're, when they're chasing the money down. Yeah. So to them, okay, switching a storefront, is that a big deal? I looked at it as originally, okay, you know, it, it, like we're going from Steam to Epic. Some people are like, well, that's exclusivity, but it's also on Uplay, which mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think that's a difference maker because people hate Uplay. So for folks, mostly, I think Steam was the alternative to that. And because Steam has better refund policies in place than Epic, I think that's where most folks get concerned because now we're seeing Epic kind of get exclusive stuff on the PC and then maybe Steam will respond in turn. But right. my, my hopes when seeing that news was, okay, maybe Steam will see this and, and start to respond in a way to start innovating to start building something right that that's what i was hoping for personally when i saw this news but i get there was a a bit more of a a negative aspect that i thought i didn't consider 
or think of, but rather I thought the positives kind of outweighed it. But I, I want to know where do you where do you stand on this whole situation? I hate extra stores. Okay. I will say that. Okay. With a passion. Gotcha. But Steam, I swear to shit, I always call him Steve. I'm pretty sure Steve or Steam only has one CSR named Steve. They need to fucking expand. They have shit. Um, uh, I'm doing a video on discoverability on Steam right now, which is completely broken, by the way. So, for example, I can say I want to look at VR games and click the VR filter, and the first thing that'll pop up is a hentai game that's a fucking choose-your-own-adventure, not even VR. Completely broken filtered system. So new companies come in. They're like, we want to release a game. Not the shit companies that pay 100 bucks just release it on Steam, but somebody who, you know, you've worked for a year on your game, and discoverability is almost zero on Steam. Right. And they won't work on it because they don't have to. Because Gabe is just rolling around in fucking Scrooge McDuck money. He doesn't give a shit. So... Now with Epic coming along, Epic's got that sweet, sweet Fortnite cash. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And remember, all this is a money game. All Ubisoft had to do was identify the difference in amounts that they're going to get from Epic versus Steam, identify how many games are sold on Steam, mm -hmm. the, the type of games, and how many are sold on Uplay of their games. Because this is just one big company. And I bet you... They do sell on Steam, but I also bet you people who are Ubisoft fans probably use their store. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just saying that they probably got those two positives, looked at them from a money standpoint. Because, of course, it's financial. Mm -hmm. They looked at them from a money standpoint and were like, fuck this. You know, right. like this, like maybe we'll lose a million dollars. But in the long run, you know, we'll now have a foot foothold first on Epic, which I think is also a big deal. Because you know how it is. It's like it's your first... It's your first best friend when you're a kid. You're tight, right? Friends who come along later, you're like, yeah, we're good friends, but this friend that I knew for a long time is tight. These big companies, they join up to help each other, and suddenly Epic's like, you know, Ubisoft, do you want to do something together? You know you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Or they, they take into account these companies that jump in early. So I think it makes sense. I just hate it. I don't like multiple stores, Maddie, because I had Uplay and Steam Star Trek Next Generation, or Star Trek uh, uh, VR, the Bridge Commander game, and you could play PC versus PS4, but if you're playing on the PC, you always had to have Steam and Uplay both up. Mm. Somebody else could have bought it just from Uplay, so they don't have Steam up. And connecting was a stone-cold bitch. Two different platforms with their own different systems of talking through your internet. Steam uses different port forwards. Uplay, by the way, has shit port forwarding. Sometimes people will be playing on Uplay, can't see anybody. They have to go into their modem, fucking change shit, right? right. So I don't want Epic adding a fucking another one. Can you imagine that? Right. And, and gotcha. who's to say Ubisoft is not going to release Destiny in six months on Steam, too? Then, then you do have three, at minimum. And that's the thing that I don't like. But the competition might be worth the pain. I sort of dig the competition. Um, not a fan of Epic. But I think that th they today... Or yesterday, they changed their return policy to be identical to Steam's, which is two days or two hours or two weeks. So if you played less than two hours and owned it for less than two weeks, you can return it. And they didn't have that, and they 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 switched it, which is now now they're they're the same as Steam. Well, that's good. Though. So now it's yeah. So now it's Steam's turn, right? Like that's my hope is Steam. You know, Valve goes. Your fuck, move. we gotta. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do some shit. What are we gonna do? Um. That's that's my hope. But I don't know about you. I just, I heard a rumor. 
I did say I did say the name on my podcast. I hinted about it last Friday, but the rumor is Tencent is also making a store. Mm, boy. And that's a massive Chinese company yes. that just bought 30% of the Vermintide devs yesterday. And they own parts of Epic as well. And it scares the shit out of me, Maddie. Yeah. Like, it's scared. The idea of Tencent owning a giant store is... That's the thing is we saw over time just like one more launcher, one more yeah. launcher. And it was a joke. Oh, sure. It was a joke. People were like, oh, yeah. another launcher. Oh, my God. Another icon on my desktop. It got worse and worse. And yep. I, I told people, I was like, they're cutting out the middleman. That's why you yeah. see Bethesda Net. That's why you see Uplay. Because if you buy from that store, there's no longer Steam, yourself, and Uplay, or Ubisoft, sorry. Now you just have mm-hmm. yourself and Ubisoft. There is not that middleman that's serving as a platform. The company makes more money. It's less of a headache. Once again, if, if you are a business owner and you're one of these big companies that's got a name for yourself and you have a lot of IPs to manage, it makes sense to have a place to aggregate all of them onto one platform and try yeah. to your best to cut out that middleman. But does it suck? Yes. <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, I game on PC mainly for when I have to review. I find myself more console-oriented which I know some people will be disappointed with. But, um, you know, when it comes to me, I keep my, my desktop nice and clean. I'm going to look right now. I have Bethesda Net, Steam, and... Yeah, that's it. That's all I... Oh, and, and Magic the Gathering Arena. Separate client in its own. But that's all I've got right now. Um, I was going to download Epic, though, because I love Super Giant Games. I love them. They made Bastion. Yeah, to get Prey. I loved it. Transistor. I loved it. And then I... Or not uh, Prey. Uh, Pyre. Pyre. Fantastic game. Yeah, I loved it. And then now they announced Hades. Early access. I was like, okay, that, that's probably going to be what pushes me over the top to, to go and download this launcher. I want to play The Division 2. Uh, yeah, when, me when, too. When the reviews season comes around, um, you know, am I going to... Am I going to have to play on the PC? If so, um, then yeah, I wouldn't have an issue downloading Epic's Game Store. But like I said, this comes from someone who doesn't game on PC a terrible amount. Where uh, For someone who I imagine would exclusively game on PC, it's probably very annoying to have to flip between all these launchers to play different games. Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been a client created that connects there is. to all of the. There is, okay. There is. I was just say, I, there, there's a million dollar ID. Idea there's a million. Right there. Exactly. No, it was. There is one, and it works fairly well. The problem is, though, Maddie, is all it's doing is hiding that it's opening them anyway. Does that make sense? So it looks like it's your front. It's a little bit like a console because a console still has origins. It's just you sign in once and then it's an app. Right. Where right, right. on your Windows, it's usually a, a tab or an app and a, you got your browser, that kind of thing. Um, sure. There is one, yeah, that, that merges them. And um, I've tested it out. It works pretty well. It requires some manual shit, though. And I think what happens is, at that point, there's one more technical hurdle. And so I think that people are between bitching and taking the step to fix it with the technical hurdle. And the, st- the, the gap there is fairly large. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long that'll be large. I, think, I, I don't know if that company's looking or that developer is looking at this going, all right, you know, one more store. Because that could help him. He doesn't charge. It's free. It's from. It's on GitHub, which is like a developer's place where you can just go right. and you know Heard of it. get get executables. Um, but it does just hide it though, Matty. I mean, that's the big thing. Is like it, it. You may feel like you're not opening them all, but all of the problems 
port forwarding and so forth, if they exist, you will still encounter. It's just you're going to see this one front end gotcha. when you encounter them. So, gotcha. The plus and a, plus and a minus, I think yeah. overall. It still doesn't fix the the primary issue. So, because it'd be just so nice if you had like you sign in to this account and it remembers your sign in information for like your your Steam, your Epic Game Store, you play Bethesda Net. Right. This goes on, and if it remembers all that, that when you sign in. It's just like there's little tabs on the top with their like respective logos, and when you click on each of those, it just re- it like connects you to that account. Mm-hmm. So let's say okay, I'm on Steam and da da da, I'm playing this. Okay, I want to go play Division Two on on UPlay. So you you just tab, you click the tab on the top on the UPlay button. Boom, you're in that. You're connected. Click on Division Two, play it. That's it. I, I know why people. Yeah, I know why people like the console. Like for me, it, there's sometimes just going to the homepage and being like clunk. And it just does it's whatever you want it to do. Times, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I do, I would say my gaming's probably 70% on PC, but mm-hmm. I, there's certain times where I'm on the console for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. Because it's not doing all the other things. Right. It's the power of a PC is amazing. It's the greatest thing in the world. But at times, like, even my friends who are, like, really pro PC, like, dude, I have one friend, he's got three PCs, they're all power PCs, like, they're not, like, a normal PC, they're, like, mm-hmm. the primo, cream of the crop, and I'll be playing a game for review, and we'll release the reviews, and then I'll start getting emails from him, 12.01 a.m., guaranteed, it'll be like, hey, man, is there a problem with, like, the DLL driver for this game? I don't know, why? He'll be like, because I can't get it to boot. And then it'll be the next six hours. I go to sleep. I wake up. Six hours of him like posting to me all of his problems, and I'll post back and say, "I don't know, man. I reviewed the Xbox version or something like that." And he'll yeah. be like, "You son of a fuck!" Yeah, you know, because because you know how it is. Sometimes they won't do give you the PC version at all. The worst is when you put for, in a review, review. Request, review request, and they're like, "Do you want the PS4 or Xbox One?" I'm like, I, "I you know I don't care, but I'll I'm sure PS4," and then. They 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 like don't give you a review copy. You're like, okay, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll make do with. Oh what we got. yeah. And they're like, yeah, Xbox went out first, but we we had you marked as PS4. It's like, why isn't there like an <sighs> option for either? I think Resident Evil did that this year, and I was so happy about it. They I did. Like, I was they like, did. It was like Xbox One, PS4, either. I was like, fucking either. either. <laughs> I was like, either. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's so crazy that like people hadn't thought of either before, but I saw the form and noticed that instantly. It was yeah. the first form from the company I know you're talking about. Like, yeah, even from them, a big company does not usually say either, and you get it, and you're like, oh, thank God, because I would, I always feel bad, but I'll email a person and say all this extra shit. I'll be like, PS4, please, but if PS4 codes are delayed. For whatever reason, I will accept this kind of... You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you got this long diatribe, and you're like, I hope this person remembers. Mm-hmm. I mean, and should they have to? Probably not. So putting in either as a checkbox seems to be the best the best way to go. Yeah, man. Thing is, filling out some of those forms are scary, because, like, you know, it's not like a personal email. It's just like you're just... You're just in that You're list. one in a, in a line, I think. Yeah. Well, you must be one in a line, too, dude, because um, I don't know about you, but I have accidentally... Uh, filled it out for so I have two business emails an older one and a new one and so I always leave them all open and I've accidentally filled out the same form a month separate for the same game and they'll be like oh here's a code and then the other company or the other email sorry will pop up and say here's a code Mm -hmm. and I'll always return it I'll be like hey you know I signed I must have signed up with two you know I apologize but I'm like how many people like 
how many people would be able to just fucking fake that and spam that? And, and you know, how many of these companies aren't watching and they're playing a game a week early, number one, number two, they're, they've got four fucking codes. Yeah, I don't know if that is happening, but yeah. it seems like, it, it seems like it's not wonder. hard. Makes you wonder. Yeah. It's happened before where I've gotten, like, two codes from different emails, too, and I've just been like, hey, can you send that off to yeah. someone else? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I always, I also, I won't, I mean, I'm... I have no problem sending it back, but I want to say that at least 10% of the reason I send it back is because I never, ever want them to question if I did it on purpose. Ever. Mm-hmm. So I'll send it back because I don't want somebody to later go, hey, the same person got two codes. So I always am like, yeah. nope. you know, even if it's, yep, because I'm like, I don't ever want a company to be like, motherfucker, we're never giving you a code before you, you requested two. And you're like, I, I just didn't think about returning <laughs> I feel you on that. Last topic on our news list. Um, not really news, but rather we're just going to talk games now because this next month is going to be hella busy and we're going to talk about yeah. what we're playing right now, what we're reviewing, what we're looking most forward to. Carrick, you're the, the main review guy. Let's hear what you've got on your platter. Uh, no More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again. Travis mm-hmm. Strikes stri- Travis Strikes Again, yeah, for the Switch. Um Odd game. Did you ever play No More Heroes? No, I've heard about it though. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I I think why why do I feel like I heard it wasn't that great? Was that wrong? So, um, it was it was weird. It was one of those games where okay. it was a little bit like Death Stranding, where you know some people are gonna love it even if it sucks. Um, yeah. It uh, this oh, yeah. new one though got a good review from Famutsu or whatever, but they're not really a super trustworthy Japanese organization. Um. They they reviewed it positively last month. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll withhold. This will be my first or second nin- true Nintendo review, which is weird that they gave it to me because I like yeah, they're man. the ones who contacted me. Um, and then I'm reviewing Ace Combat. So st- fucking stoked for man. I'm curious Dude. to see how that that is. I haven't looked into that one at all. I got to play a VR mission, Maddie, and I'm telling you, man. Like I hate the PSVR, but it's almost worth it. Almost worth Add that on the list of Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Beat Saber. That's unfortunate, though. Boom. <laughs> That's it. That's unfortunate that there's only three, though. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, I'm telling you, like, and I was singing when I was, like, playing the VR version because I was doing a test and we were flying. I was like, highway to the danger zone. <laughs> you know, I was just like, it was like Top Gun, man. It's like all I wanted was some fucking goggles and a scarf. That shit was ace. Uh, there's that. And then there's Resident Evil. Um that's later that's two weeks yeah it's two weeks from now two weeks from now roughly something else came up that surprised oh dead or alive got delayed so my plan was to be playing that right now but dead or alive six got delayed until i think we figured march march 1st yep um those are the current ones i'm doing for review on the side i'm just doing like sims and and the hunt call the wild stuff like that what about you uh review wise i got my request in for everything so the main focus is Resident Evil, Kingdom Hearts, every Oh, game. Kingdom Hearts, yeah. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is a big one. Uh, every game that's coming out on the on the 15th of February, I got my eyes on. Um, and now that Dead or Alive got delayed, I'm hoping I'll be able to review that as well, because I really enjoyed the fifth one. I thought that was a fun game. Um, I've never had a chance to play a Dead or Alive game at lunch. I remember growing up on the 
original Xbox, I think it was, Dead or Alive 3, came on a demo disc. It was like my favorite demo disc because it had that. Mm-hmm. I think it had Fusion Frenzy, I want to say. And it did. It had Fusion Frenzy. Yeah. The, the fucking uh, like, uh, TV the show. Yeah, futuristic TV show like game. Hit bugs for a game, and you'd run yeah. around in like a little ball. And oh my god, man, that game was, was awesome. Oh, I loved it. It's so much fucking fun. I, I could not get enough of that game growing up. Uh, never owned the full product though. Believe it or not, never owned. Me that. neither. That Me neither. Just, I played the shit out of that demo over and over and over because it would just randomize the games. So it was like yeah. I owned the game the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the, the demo was fantastic. But anyway. Uh, Dead or Alive evokes a little bit of that nostalgia from back then, so it's going to be nice to play a, a DOA game at launch. Um, out of everything that's coming out on the 15th, I am most looking forward to, I'd say, I'm most curious about Crackdown, uh, just based off performance, uh, what other reviewers are going to say, um, and, and also, you know, is it going to be worth all the trouble that, that Microsoft went through to get it out, or is it just like, you know, here's your exclusive, boom. That's it. Uh, I really hope for Microsoft's sake and the developer's sake, I forgot who's developing it, that it actually ends up being a a good game and that people are really happy with the product. Uh, As for what I'm personally most excited for, definitely Metro. Uh, Jump Force, kind of there too, but uh, most excited for Metro for sure. Um, I'm excited for Metro, but I have this sinking feeling. So you know Metro, you already put your request in for Metro, right? Yes. So, But you know who Metro's using? As PR, uh, Tinsley, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, but do you, you, their company, Deep Silver, is the yes. co- coach me. So, um, I have a, I just have this nervousness mm-hmm. that we are going to run into some issues. You probably won't, because I think you've done Metro coverage before. Did you review Last Light? Yes. I did. I think I'm. Not I think Redux, I did too. But a redo, but the the yeah. the original. Well, yeah. Basically. Okay. 2013. Um, I have just noticed they have been more touchy with review code versus streamer code for their mm-hmm. games. So I'm just a tiny bit nervous about Metro, and gotcha. and how how like people like you and I. I mean, now I stream way more than I used to. Mm-hmm. I stream a lot, so it's like it's possible, but I just have this. They're, they changed their ways recently, and it's been difficult to sort of gauge. You know how it is? Sometimes you'd go, okay, I've got a fair chance, or, or I've got no chance. Mm-hmm. It, with them, it's a, it, I think it'll be questionable this year, to sort of, for me at least, uh, to sort of see what I get. Um, I, don't, did, I don't bank on, like, because you were like, oh, you, you covered Metro a lot in the past. Like, I, I have. I don't bank on that anymore because, like, Andromeda just left me scarred. Because I remember Andromeda, I was easily, like, I don't do numbers often, but I was like, I'm curious. I was like, definitely in the top 10 for Andromeda, like in the terms of, you know, like uh, as a channel who covered that game a lot. And I remember like going everywhere for review copy, every freaking where, dude. And no responses, nothing, like radio silence. I mean, obviously the game spoke for itself and I still made my review regardless and it still did well, which I was happy about. But like that, that's when I was like, okay, it doesn't even fucking matter if I give their, their game a bunch of my time. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's not like I do it because I want the review copy, but like you know, it, it usually kind of goes hand in hand. It's like okay, this guy specialized in this; he connects to a direct audience with what we we do, and in turn, we're gonna give him a copy. Like it, it didn't even work like that for Andromeda. Um, so like with with Metro, I hope you know because that's a game I'm looking forward to, but also I know one that my audience cares a lot about. I put out a tweet yesterday 
um, asking people like what game they're most looking forward to out of uh, Metro, Jump Force, Crackdown, and Far Cry New Dawn. And like I'd say an overwhelming majority were like easily Metro, easily Metro. Everyone was like Metro is my game. So um, and that's that's after Metro moved into a more competitive date. Too. That's when they shortened their release date and, and brought it up a little bit. So that I mean, granted, I have like I said, a primarily post-apocalyptic following, but um, yeah, man. And I, graphically, I think Metro nails it too. Oh God, yeah. So I think it's easier to look forward to Metro, even if maybe you might even enjoy another game even more. But if that that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of people are interested, especially because they, you know, as they've been doing the videos you and I talked about prior to the podcast, the making mm-hmm. of. And all that kind of stuff. There's yeah. more and more people are starting to like really like look at it and go, oh, this is a thing. And it's getting closer. Because remember, even back six months ago, you or I were like, ah, it'll be delayed. Or, you know, or will it be delayed? I remember we had a discussion about it. Yeah, we were like, what I played wasn't that great. So, yeah. And I think that's when I think that's when that is gold, correct. Man. That is correct. Because I remember you were like, dude, that's the one game where I played and I was at, it was too weighty or something. Yeah, like, guys, clunky, everything's buggy. slow. Because that's what yeah. I said. Because we were talking about when it went gold. Yeah, it's that's like it I'm, I'm excited for it um, because I'm I'm optimistic on the story at the very least. Like I said, I'm still right. concerned about the gameplay, but also I know my audience has a huge investment in it. I've I loved 2033 and especially Last Light. Last Light was fantastic. So um, that's a game that's really stuck with me over the years. I, I remember it very fondly. So, yeah, with Exodus, I guess it was like it almost kind of shook me up a little bit when like I played the E3 version and was like, oh, God. Yeah, and saw like, how it was. Yeah, I was like, this doesn't feel that good. Like, what the fuck? You know, but so but like as we get closer, it's it's like almost an anxious build up. It's like, OK, like, you know, just give me the game. I got to know. I got to yeah. know if this shit's good or not. You know, so um, that, that's kind of where I sit. As for what I'm playing right now, uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Yeah, I know, right? Huge fist bump. Fucking game is so good, man. Yeah. God damn, that game is good. I gotta say, I and I imagine because Kiwami 2 is longer than the first one, this is probably why, but the first one really managed to kind of pull me into the main story really fast. Faster? Yeah. Yeah, like I thought the intro in, in Kiwami 1 was incredible. I thought I, I loved it. There's just something very epic about it, like how it mm-hmm. opened up and he's standing there kind of holding the gun and you hear the police sirens outside. It's raining, it's dark. It really like sets the tone. Um, and then kind of catches you off guard with some of the really funny sub stories. And when you go into Kiwami 2 expecting that, um, I kind of thought some of the excuses to like get rid of Haruka, like that was kind of strange. She's like, I'm just going to go to Sunflower now. I'm like, so you're just going to let your now dad like just go and fight crime and stuff. (laughs) I thought that was a little strange. Um, and, and so far I thought the way he got wrapped into this issue, like you just saw it coming right away yeah you saw it, yeah. like right as the game started you're like okay this guy's probably gonna get shot like you know it's gonna i'm gonna get and i don't think they somehow. changed anything did they in this i think these are all the same it's like the exact same cutscenes and everything from the original because this is a remake right yeah. like there's no I, I there is so. no fixes to the story gotcha okay i believe so and, and that's not to say it's bad because sub story wise this game is still amazing um gameplay wise so weird s- still amazing yeah, sub- yeah, yeah. I think weird would be the best for sub stories, but it, 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 it just, it's so strange and mysterious. 
that I can't help but always like indulge in every single one I come across. Like it's just it always is detracting my attention, and I love how they always do something strange and then pack it with a moral message, like a really deep one too. That that kind of can hit home for some people. It, it always surprised me that, that this developer did that because the game is always like playing a tug of war with itself in the most fun way possible. I heard there's some type of like strategy game involved because I keep getting people in these sub stories that are like so and so is now your ally. And I'm sitting there going, like, what is that? So I haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Okay. Have you got to the? Have you got to where you own the um, hostess bar? No. <laughs> have you got to? Okay. Shit. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm, say anything. Um, I'm only. Yeah. On, I don't want to ruin anything. I'm only about five hours in. Only about okay. five hours right. in. So yeah, yeah, there's. I wouldn't say it's not like Odyssey. Remember how Odyssey? You were playing it, and like you didn't know there was an extra tab, and suddenly it's like. The, the cultist tab and you're like jesus right. christ really you know it's not necessarily like that but in a way it is in a weird way because what happens is you start getting things and yes you can go and do stuff at these locations which is a little bit like the prior games but they're it's not a strategy game in the way you think i'll say that it's it, okay. or the way you seem to hint um but it's it's in depth if for sure is in depth if you haven't got to the hostess bar um gee, did you get to the guy who wants to take pictures with you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, <dude>. yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin yeah. it because I was just like, uh, well, I don't want to fucking ruin it for him. But holy oh, shit. That that was, I was fucking, dude, I was sitting here just laughing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That was awesome. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, especially because they're like, the guy who's like half naked is the one taking pictures of you. And you're like, why, yeah. why are his Oh, and he's in up? his red like underwear. Uh, or uh, underwear or whatever they're they're like leather underwear or something oh it's fucking yeah. wrong man it's, it's <laughs> yeah the game just always catches you off guard and th- th- it's like they understand humor so well because i i had actually just played that i think two nights ago and what happens is is like they sh- they they pan the camera over they reveal this guy in his underwear and and because it's all text delivered Sometimes, yeah. like, doing nothing is hilarious. So all that happens is you don't even see Kiryu, like, pop up with, like, dots or anything. Like, his character just turns and, like, walks the other way. Like, he's yeah. he's, he's fucking out of there. Yeah, perfect <laughs> delivery of a non-line. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what fucking got me howling. Because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's just fucking done with these people's shit. He got tricked into this. Now you got to, like, give poses. You got to scream while you're, while you're fucking oh, taking dude, these pictures. It, it's so wrong. And then, like... Um, I personally, I'm just going to go out there and say, from what I've seen from sh- the Shenmue remakes and stuff like that, I, I really actually feel like the Yakuza series have, have just passed Shenmue by. Absolutely. I'm yeah. actually very nervous that Shenmue 3 is going to be an utter disappointment. Um, gotcha. I'm very nervous for that. But I'm playing Kiwami 2. First of all, it looks beautiful, dude. The mm-hmm. game, at some points, like the neon yeah. and the fucking, like, I You're, and I swear to God, it looks better than six and zero. And from what I remember when I was doing the review and looking at the tech specs, this is it's maybe it's not the first Unreal game, but there was something changed in this engine. And it, it's got a look to it that's fucking amazing. I think man. it's two things. The textures on buildings are way better than Kiwami 1, which okay. is the only one I've okay. played. And two was I think there's a better use of color in Sotenbury. In the world? Yeah, because... Camarocho had like lots of little strips that seemed like really vibrant and bright, but then there were parts that 
just didn't look good. They lacked light, they lacked color, and it was just bland white buildings, which I never played the game for the graphics. I was more engrossed with, like, the hilarious writing and the sub-stories and the main story, combat, leveling up, collecting money, mini-games, what have you. Uh, whereas Yakuza Kiwami 2, I've actually stopped them, like... It's actually in my Activision video. It starts off, and I'm just walking up this street. Right. And... You just see people going back and forth. There's a lots of... It feels like you're in a living, breathing part of the world. And I think part of it's also... Uh, this doesn't really attest to like why the world feels alive, but it looks great because of the lights. I, I think there's a lot of neon there, so you're... A lot just, of neon, yeah. Just eye candy everywhere, but it's not like overwhelming like you're in Times Square or something. And the like puddles. That. Like, yeah. sometimes there'll be a puddle somewhere, and the reflect... Oh, yeah, so true, because there's good. a part where there's like a river, and there's like a bridge that you can go over. And you can, yeah, you can see reflections of the lights hitting the river. Kiryu, in general, his face, his facial animations, his, his suit. There's a sharpness to the game, I think, um, to, to the, a lot of the main characters, I should say. Because sometimes you'll encounter, like, a, a sub-story character, and they don't look good. But that's, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm forgiving, but I just I almost overlook it. I don't think twice about it, because I think this game does so much it's not that it shouldn't be mentioned but does it bother me no not at all um so while you're playing it um mm -hmm. have you noticed i i don't know any other way to describe this have you noticed the grudge or the ring kind of moments where you're in like a store go into one of the little markets and occasionally i'm assuming this was an this is a pathing error you go to the back of the store there'll be an exit door mm -hmm. like but they can't go out, but you'll see people piled up at it. And the longer you play the game, the more people will be there. So this one time, I played the game for like fucking, I don't know, 25 hours. I come around the corner, and there's like noodles. Another thing, the stores are fucking immaculate, dude. Yeah. You yeah. can't. Oh, my God, they look real. Like really and I come, yeah. yeah, I come around the corner, and there's like nine people facing an exit door and not moving. <laughs> They're just like. And it was haunting because I was not and I spent hours going, am I missing a quest? Right. Like, this is the creepiest fucking thing ever. And then later I realized, oh, it's an exit door. Mm -hmm. Maybe at one point you could go through. Because that's another thing Kiwami 2 does. Well, all the Yakuza have done, but I, for some reason noticed it in this one. The ability to pass through uh, buildings you know, where, like, they'll have a yeah. door on one alley and a door on the next. So you don't have to run all the way and do your fucking minesweeper moment where, mm -hmm. you know, you make a big U. So very good point there. Yeah, the world's more interconnected, um, and and the stores are something that it, I'm glad you mentioned that because I hadn't thought of that. Like I, I study Japanese uh, as a language, a second language, and so in turn I learn a lot about their culture, and I, I I look at a lot of pictures and I read up a lot, and it's very true. It, it's almost polarizing, right? Because you have such like goofy writing and and surreal moments happening in game because they're just so out of this world, but then there's so much things that attach to the Japanese culture and feel like you're, you're really visiting a part of Japan. And, um, the stores are definitely a big part of it. Like there's little, um, little goodies and nooks and crannies and like all these various yeah. different colors and writing all over the products and just everything pops to you constantly. Like that's something that is very strong in Japanese, uh, marketing. It seems, I mean, that that's something in marketing in general, but the reason I highlight Japanese is actually my girlfriend is like a gag gift for Christmas. She gets me this huge bag of just like, Japanese food, just like snacks and candies and stuff, and it's you know some of the, the the designs on these things are just ridiculous. Like they're fun to look at; they stick out to you. 
And it's like someone took that bag and made a full store of them in, like, when you walk into a convenience store and you use a Kwame, too. And that's when I was like, wow, you know, they, they really nailed the world here. And, and, yeah. And made it feel like you're, like I said, in a part of Japan. It's it's wonderful. As someone who loves the culture so much and and, and loves the language and, and wants to constantly learn more, it's, like, amazing being there because I'm almost living vicariously through it. It's I also love just when you get in those fights and you start using mm-hmm. the shit around you and you'll get surprised. I still remember in Yakuza zero where you grab a dude by his ass and his back and you crotch him on a, on a fucking street lamp. Like his, <laughs> so you've got him like almost like a body press and then you're all Bleh! and you just toss him crotch first into a fucking light post. And I remember just going, Oh my God. So I spent hours. I never, I don't think I got it to work in this one, but some of them, when you like grab a fucking, you know, bicycle, and you're just like, bitches, and it's almost like Dead Rising, which is weird. I don't, so before anybody freaks out who's listening to this, but if you look at the way Dead Rising works with crowd dynamics for battle, there is a lot of similarities, even though Yakuza feels better, controls better. Um, but like the goofiness of Dead Rising is inherent in all parts of Yakuza, right. and I actually like that. I love the goofiness in Dead Rising, even if, it's not the greatest game in the world. And I think Yakuza nails it in a way that Americans and the English non-Japanese speakers can still get. Mm-hmm. But there is a mystery occasionally where something happens and you're like, okay, wait, am I supposed to get that? Or is that, is that the joke? You know, that's, and I sort of dig that where I want to go. Like, do I want to investigate this more? Cause I'm actually interested in it. They do. I, whoever translates it and how they translate it and how they knew it, I don't know why, but it feels like the Yakuza games a lot of times are created for English audiences. Yeah, that I've, sounds... I've read uh, like... a lot of tweets from the localization team at Sega, I want to say, and they're like mm. really proud of the team who does like the Yakuza games because they, they should be. They, they feel like they, they really do them justice. Um, right. Yeah, man, I mean, that game, it's so much fun right now. I'm five hours in, and it's like that's a short amount of time, but. Every time I'm in that that game, like I think I played a two hour session and a three hour session, and just both times it just just like yeah. flew flew by. Forty five of those minutes was spent like recapping the first game just to make sure I'm up to up to snuff on everything. One improvement that I really really appreciate in this game is the combat where as the the battle starts, there is no like zoom in the camera on the enemies play the same soundtrack again it's like okay another fight it feels right. they made an attempt to make it more seamless so when the battle begins there's a little bit of blue fade you see text come up on who you're fighting delinquents thugs y- yakuza whatever and then the combat just starts there's, there's not mm-hmm. this this extra camera work that feels like it's a orchestrated scene it's rather it's just happening in the world and it makes you appreciate what's around you more, I think, because that fight just happens and then you see a bike rack or you see a sign and, and you start using and you start realizing like, wow, two seconds ago that was there and it made sense because it's a bike rack next to a, a popular shopping mall. People rode their bikes here, parked them here. And then now this bike rack makes sense because the game sets these areas up where combat can happen, not like the, the preset combat can happen anywhere in the world. But the game sets this up where it also makes sense where once combat starts, that is now a tool for me to use and do cool yeah. shit with. They feel less like arenas. 
yes. than the uh, than the prior games. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, precisely. Uh, I love the animation changes they've made, where you'll grab a bike, you'll press the, the triangle button to do a heat action, and you'll, like, slap him with it, and then you'll, like, literally dive bomb onto it and yeah. break the fucking bike underneath <laughs> you on yeah. his body. Yeah. The game really went for a more brutal approach, I feel, which... It always had a crunchy nature to it, so I think that this was a good choice. Because sometimes the, the the heat actions would be like, oh, "I'm gonna punch you like three times in the chest, and then one big punch," and it's, it's you go, "Okay, that's that's cool." But you know, the it, the harder hitting ones really are what get you out of your seat, going, "Wow!" Because yeah. I remember one time in Kiwami one, I, I remember picking up a guy and, and like fireman carrying him off of my shoulder and like hitting him his spine entirely over. Uh, yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think of what the word would be. Yeah, I think it actually might have been a bike rack. Something with bike racks. But you just totally break his back over it. And I was like, holy crap. And at this point, I was easily 30 hours in. And with Kwame too, I already had that multiple times where, like, you stick a knife into someone. Knee the knife. You, you, the first heat action you unlock, someone's laying on the ground. You literally bring your fist in and just punch them in the face on the ground. And it's the way what the did cam- you think camera works about, there too? What did you think about the unlocks? Do you feel that like the skill? I'm not a huge. I'm gonna be honest. Talking about like skill lists and shit. Right. I think that one's pretty fucking messy. I mm. like them, but holy shit! If I remember right, that's the one that has like multiple tabs, and then you scroll down, and there's just a shit ton of skills, yeah. right? That are black, that are darked out when yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah. when you don't. Ha- yeah, I'm not. I was not a fan of the spreadsheet so, look, to be honest. As for allocating points for leveling up, because Kuwami won, I believe that was through yen, right? You'd, you'd get money, you'd spend it on upgrades. You'd get money, yeah. And I think also there was something with perk points, because I remember there was a tree that kind of like would swirl almost. Um, I think I like the, the allocation of points, how, how you get them, whether you're going to a restaurant and you're eating and you get special bonuses for eating certain items on the menu. Right, right. And when you, quote, complete a restaurant, you get a bonus for that. And you're, you're constantly earning stats for just engaging in the world. I love that because it just keeps you playing. That's what the game is supposed to be. It's a fun game to play. How do we get the player to play? How do we get them to get involved in everything? Make everything rewarding. So, yes, yeah, sitting down to eat fills up your stomach. You get bonuses for it. You also get points that you can spend. You go out, you fight some more, you get points for that. Your stomach's empty, you go out, you fu- you eat, and you can just keep rinse and repeat that. I right. love that system. And it encourages you to go to different restaurants because once, once complete, which I learned by accident, I just ordered the whole menu, ate everything, got all my bonuses, and then I got a, a new stack completion for completing that restaurant. I was like, all right, next time I need to eat, I'm going to somewhere else. So it kept me paying attention to the world too. I was like, okay, I did I did this one, now this one. I think that's fantastic as for yes the organization it has four tabs which all make sense it's like okay these are life skills heat actions yeah just that's generic stats like okay generic that's, stats, yeah. that's fine yeah sure that's good it's once you get into that because the generic stats are fine attack power of leveling that yeah, up exactly heat actions though once you get into that menu it's all downhill holy fuck that's a whole long list and i don't know what i'm looking at <laughs> yeah and i don't remember i i'm if i'm I could be going crazy, but I'm almost 100% sure that game did not have a preview button for seeing the move. The move Like in a is, video. The move is there, yes. The, unless I got patched okay. in. Could have gotten patched in because I'm okay. playing this now in January. Or I just time. don't remember it, yeah. Yeah, but I know this game came okay. out in August of 2018. But yeah, this this does have previews. I try not to watch them just because I love the, the feeling of 
unlocking it, seeing like, okay, this is now I can do a heat action for when someone's pointing a gun at me. Right, right, and right. And then when I see that opportunity going, oh, I can I can go do that heat action because he's got a gun and, and seeing what happens there in the moment. That's my choice. I don't know if that's the best way for the game to be played, but I love that feeling sure. of discovering the move in the, the heat of combat and realizing, hey, he's got a spear. Now I know I can I can do that move on him. So I, I really love the changes to the combat, though, overall. Like you said, less of an arena feel. Uh, there's also been fine-tuning involved that makes boss fights legitimately tough in a way that doesn't feel like that was going to be my next question is about the boss fights because i i don't know dude well you haven't got far enough but you're you're talking about the first boss fight against the whatever his name is in the fucking yeah you felt you 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 were okay with that fight i i really like that one because i remember in kwami one some of the boss fights, you'd hit them a couple of times, and they just have that cheap, like, knockdown punch that, that hits you right. no matter what you're doing, how you're dodging, how you're blocking, how much you're striking there. He, he hits you no matter what. I don't like that in boss fights. So far, I've done this one boss fight in Kiwami 2, and I really liked how it, it was about knowing his patterns. You know, his, he shows a big animation when he's going to grab you. He mm-hmm. powers up yeah. at one point in the fight. He gets tougher. Uh, I really liked it, though, because it, it was, especially how they designed it, they didn't lay out too many weapons for you to kind of cheese the fight. It was more mm-hmm. so hand-to-hand combat with this this new rival of yours and how we're going to build off of that. So I loved that fight. Now, I don't that's know one in the worse. circular, circular. Yeah. Almost like a um, garden, kind of. Yeah, so when you were doing that, that's this is funny you bring up bosses because this was a question I was actually going to ask you. So... I believe I died on him the first time. And I if I remember right, I came back and I was pissed in the game. I was mad. Or not in the game. Myself, I was mad. Because if I remember right, I started off with less of something. Like a healing thing. Like less healing. Or, really? I, I just, Yeah. And I remember going like, whoa. Because he was already hard. I mean, he uh-huh. wasn't impossible. Okay. He, but, I, you know, I was like, yeah. I know I can kill him. But I'm going to die a couple times just learning his patterns and stuff. And I remember dying, and I actually walked away from the game, uh, like for thirty minutes because I died. You, st- I think, I, the checkpoint's not even there, is it? Isn't the checkpoint? Checkpoint is at the at that fight. So if you die there, checkpoint I, is at that. Yeah. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I died for three some reason. Times, I and I got frustrated too. <laughs> yeah. But um, more so skill wise, because I used a, a toughness item to heal my health, and then I lost. And I got worried because I think in Kwame 1, they didn't let you keep your items after you used them and died. So I thought, oh, fuck. Like, like you said, I was like, God, this guy was hard already. That's what happened to me. Yeah, and so I, in Kwame 2, though, when I died, I got to reuse my items. Like, they were still there. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not lying. <laughs> oh, dude, I didn't get to. That's okay, exactly so, what I'm talking about. So this is something oh, that could have been patched, I feel. Man, or is there a difficulty in that I one? Was, I was on normal. There is a, a difficulty it, choice. It gives, it gives you an option to knock it down if you die enough. Because I died three times. I remember on the third try, they were like, you want to go on easy? I said, hell no. Like, what the fuck? There's no shot I want to do that. I have pride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I was on hard difficulty at that fight just for that fight. But I that's exactly Maybe. what happened. So I died after using the thing, and that motherfucker transformed. And I wasn't expecting him to. Yeah. Or not transform, he powered and if, up. And if he hits you, the only thing I didn't like about that is there's a quick time event. And if you fail it, because it happens out of nowhere, and if you fail it, he knocks out like a good quarter to half yeah, your life. Yeah, it's 
It's almost half of your life, yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, well, no, I'm glad. No, no. Yeah, none of them are harder than that. I mean, they're just. It is, man. I wonder what. I wonder if it was just that fight. If I had had that, maybe I had bumped because I always mess around with the skill, mm-hmm. skill level to right. for testing for people. Um, but I remember, yeah, and he did the whatever he does, the power up, and I, I would, I should have expected it. Almost all the characters in those games do, mm-hmm. and I just completely fucking failed to remember that that would happen. And so I'm like, fucking take my health or whatever. And I'm like, da-da. And I hit him a couple times. And then, like, all shit breaks loose. And yeah. I'm like, oh, no. And then, of course, his attacks changed. And you, you get the weird QTEs and stuff. So, well, that's cool, man. I'm glad you're liking it. What do you think yeah. of the gunplay, though? I haven't picked Are you a up, fan? I haven't, I haven't tried okay. any guns. Uh, I, actually, you know what? I picked up a pistol. No, no. You know what happened? <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I went into a hideout. And I found a chest. Or no, I found a package, and it was it said Yakuza series data found, because it noticed I played Kiwami One. Thought, oh, awesome! So it starts giving me all this free shit. Thinking, oh, great! And one of them said I got a rocket launcher. So I was like, oh fuck, okay. So I equip that motherfucker, and I get into a fight in the middle of the street. And there's a ton of people surrounding me too. Easily, like eight people are about to square up, and I you just see. Kiryu taking me and just shoot this rocket into this group of <laughs> fucking people. And they, uh, the fight just ends. That's it. That's all that happens. Oh, the, really? The music oh, didn't even cool. start. Music didn't even start. Just took a knee. Boom. Blew them all up. And what was hilarious is no one in the like street walking around reacted to, to me just shooting a missile. <laughs> right. They just walked by. They're yeah, like, That's, but it's normal. <laughs> there was like no aiming. So I just pressed triangle and it was all oh, radius based. I see. So mm-hmm. um, I have a pistol because of that unlock it was what i was getting to mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to shoot it though i, I thought it okay. was just like you press the triangle button and you kind of free fire and hope you're lined up with them it's almost like yeah i just yeah exactly and um it i didn't hate it it just wasn't mm-hmm. you know i think those games always have issues right every game including dead rising they always all of these third person games where you can get multiple opponents never really have that perfect combat if they're made for that bloodborne or fucking you know right. some dark souls then i think it's easier but when it's a game about walking around your animations need to mesh between your combat and your <clears throat> walking normally so you don't look completely different sometimes they let you down but um right yeah it seems like you're finding the same things to like about it that i did i didn't know you could complete a um restaurant i didn't eat as much i'll be honest mm-hmm. as like was really required um but as somebody like yourself who's more of a fan of that location i can see where that's actually a really good way to get you to like not only up your skill points and all that Mm -hmm. but also just sort of like see the different foods it reminds me of final fantasy what was the last one 14 15 15 15 15, yeah with the food with knocked whatever his name is uh um uh feeding you i like that I, I didn't think about it that way, but that is true. That that does cause you to sort of sink into it a little which mm. was they had a lot in that. That it, it game is that game is dense for it's not super long, but it's it's dense, which I like. Yeah. That was awesome. That's the thing. I, I think part of it's I know it's not super long. I think what is probably thirty, forty hours. Yeah, I, I remember us talking and I remember you being surprised it was shorter then because i believe if i remember right zero's longer hmm. i'll have to go back and look because i reviewed zero as well and i remember i think kiwami 2 is shorter than zero or at least i beat it in a shorter amount of time if i remember right i'd have to go back it's been yeah. august so i can't remember kiwami anything. 1 was about 30 hours for me 
I think, 25, yeah. 30 hours. So I, I felt I felt Kiwami 2 would land there. So I feel with those games, in our situation, it's easier to get more, uh, I guess, immersed in that versus, let's say I was playing a really big open world title right now, just one that escapes me. Um, and I'm talking about for leisure, by the way, where... I feel like I can indulge in all that Yakuza Kwame has to offer in this point in time because I'm not really playing anything else except Smash Brothers. Yeah. And fully yeah, enjoy right. that. Where if I were to if I were to play a seventy hour open world RPG, that that wouldn't go well because I wouldn't be able to stop and smell the roses. I, I'd have yeah. to. I definitely have to force myself. Not force myself, but like you know, okay, I gotta play the story now. I gotta pick up the pace here. Move move a little bit throughout the game. One thing I do also appreciate to, to keep this discussion going a little bit is the sub stories connect to each other more in this game so yeah they I'll, do. I'll bump into a politician he'll give me a self-help book because i beat up some guy harassing him i'll find some guy who's really sad about his life give him the self-help give book. him the self-help book, yeah, yeah and then you'll bump into that politician harassing his wife later and then the guy who just read that politician self-help book is gonna f- they're gonna fight each other that type of stuff the way that develops as you're doing little activities in between whether you stop at the arcade which, by the way, having Virtual Fighter Two in there—that's fucking amazing. I thought that yeah, was yeah, dude. So I even cool. put it in my review. Yeah. I, it's in my re- me playing that in the and you, somebody even goes, why why just Virtual Fighter Two randomly in here? And I'm like, dude, because it's in the game. Yeah, like it's, it's awesome. It's amazing that they actually did yeah. that. I've never seen that before, so that was cool. But doing all those little things and then encountering those stories along the way and how they connect. Sometimes it can lose a little focus because you'll bump into someone and go, uh, who who's that again? And and that's right. after playing through a short period of time too. So, uh, maybe that's my own memory, but I, I just, that was one thing I noticed that I liked and, and had an issue with because so much stuff happens and there's so much to absorb in the world that perhaps this, this character I thought was just a passerby thought that was going to be it from him or her turns out to be something much more ext- like, you know, much more connected to other stories. And, and then like that guy who's like a loan shark and he, he's giving everyone out money. I remembered him, but then the guy who I gave a self-help book to, I forgot his name is Yoshida. And so this, this guy, Yoshida, walks up to the politician, and I'm like, who is Yoshida? Oh, now I get it, because he started talking about how he's got his confidence back. So little things like that. Did you, uh, when, when you get to the hostess bar, they all merge, which I thought was really cool. Because there's, mm. there's a game there, a full-on mini, not mini game. It's is definitely it like well, a high, yeah, it is. higher game than a game? Yeah, it's like... It's a it's a little bit above a mini game, I would say. It's like almost like a real time management game. Um, but then those characters, you have I if I remember right, those characters, yeah, a couple of them have their own side stuff outside, wow. you know, of there. And so it, that's the thing. A lot of these open world games have, or even for let's say a Red Dead, you know, there's the videos where somebody follows a NPC in Red Dead. He wakes up, he fucking goes, he drinks, then he goes work at the lumberyard, then goes right. home, go to bed, whatever. But in Kiwami having them outside the building that they're normally in and walking around and interacting with other people. Uh, it was, it, I'm not saying it's better than Red Dead. It's, I don't believe it is. I just think that they mattered a little bit more. Like I would never have an interaction with a shop owner after the first time or anything that would be that important in Red Dead. Um, but with, with Kiwami 2 in particular, you have a lot of various little interactions that sometimes, like you said turn out to you know be something else like they they turn into a bigger thing which is why i think the social dynamic and sort of the neighborhood simulator reminds me of vampire so much there's something about 
all those games that sort of overlap for me that I like about them. I think it's just because yeah, it's tight, awesome it's connected. It feels more meaningful if you're not in such yeah. a big world and, and you have little pockets yeah. of civilization you can get to know, like a Fallout 3. I remember at the time, like, I was fascinated by that. And I still am to this day because uh, for the time, I know people look at Fallout 3's world and maybe scoff a little bit, but for the time, that, that world was huge. And so having those pockets of civilization with characters to build and get to know, that's one thing. But now as games get bigger, it's sometimes really, really, really nice. Just not even for the sake of like, oh, I get to see it all. But it feels like everything's there. Everything's accessible. Yeah. And, and and that it reminds me of how I feel with a card game. When you have an amazing hand, and it doesn't matter. I'm not even talking about Dragon Ball. Any card game. You have an amazing hand, and, and you, you can see the options in your head of like four different plays you can make. Same thing with a game like this where, where you, you have all the options there and you have 50 different things you can do. It's like, okay, how do I spend my fun now? And I, I think that's what gets us most giddy uh, deep down. Of course, there's things like yeah, Vampire. Sure. Okay, it's an amazing RPG, amazing conversation system. But I think when it go, when you go deeper, I, I think it's something along those lines. So, Yeah, yeah for sure. Kwame, awesome. Very awesome series. If you haven't played Yakuza, ladies and gentlemen, give it a whirl. You will not regret it. It's really fun. Really fun. And it's got a good story. And I will not be skipping Yakuza Kiwami 3 this year. <laughs> I will not be waiting till Christmas for this one. Yeah. For sure. So that'll be the Ham Radio Podcast episode 186. We hope – or actually maybe 185. I have 186 written – 84 written down for – hmm. That's strange. Well, I'm going to have to go double check. I'm going to have to go double check my work. Maybe – Maybe I fucked up. We'll find out if this is episode 186 or 85. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And we will catch you all next week. Peace out.